when I step away from a book or a movie to actually ponder what's going on afterwards. Like the story continues in my head. Like I become the author. I become the director of like, yeah. well, you know, obviously this happened and, you know, this is where they're at now. And years later, they're doing this. Oh, but, I um, agree with you. But I, I think there's a difference between a movie giving you nothing and a movie giving you something to continue with. Well, you know what one, I mean? Something to grasp onto. This one was a fine line, though. Like. I can totally like there are movies when people get all frustrated about it that I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this movie, I can see Justin and Patrick's point of view on it. Like, I, I think they did fail in not giving enough, you know, where you have to work at it or you have to have somebody like like me that was just like, I like that. I want to I want to create my own idea of the storyline. But a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't, and I don't always go into a movie wanting that work. I want to be entertained. I, I want to know what happens and I want the story to be there. And yeah, the movie was missing a huge part of the story. Like they took, they took like a huge section of the development out and left or, it in. Or could it be that because so many people watch movies with different mindsets that this is one of those movies that you need to have a dialogue with other people who saw things that you didn't like sometimes i'll watch a movie and i'll think god that was a that was dumb that this x thing happened and that doesn't make any sense and then i'll go and talk to like randy or a friend or, or like talking to you guys on the podcast and you'll present a different point of view and i'm like i did not even consider that that makes a lot more sense i love when somebody blows my mind like that and i was like well, now I kind of have to see it again. Yeah. So, I, maybe been... maybe Patrick and Justin uh, need to hop on a chat line with with uh, your, with you and myself, and we'll chat about it comes at night, and we'll exactly. and we'll figure out exactly what the problems are. You do you do realize that if that happens, half the time Patrick and I are just going to start quoting Rick and Morty, right? Fuck you. Oh, <laughs> I love Rick and Morty. Did you watch the most recent episode? Yes, I did. Oh my goodness! I thought okay. So All right, we're cutting it off right there. We're cutting it off right there. Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave. Uh, as you just heard, I don't know four minutes of I don't know what they were talking about, but we recorded all of it, and there it is. Uh, joining me this fine, fine evening, uh, where we will not be talking about Rick and Morty, is Jenny. Woohoo! Hallelujah! Uh, also joining us is Johnny. Hi. And from the Two Broke Geeks podcast, actor extraordinaire, Justin. Nope, you're cut. You're done. <laughs> I will I will hang up on you. And that's the way the news goes. Uh, that's, that's it. Awesome. You, each, you each get one. That's it. No more. Uh, you guys can start your own Rick and Morty podcast. This is not the one. Oh, we should start a Rick and Morty podcast. That's a it's great idea. It's going to happen. Yeah. Johnny, Patrick, and I are going to start one. Oh, it'll be great. All right. Does fine. Matt like it? Because Randy yes, loves it. Matt, Randy does, Matt loves it. Find Looks it. like it's going to be a five-man Rick and Morty podcast. Find a different yeah. website. You guys to have host at it. it. Patrick just watched all the videos on how the story development w goes and all the hidden Easter eggs. And is Morty actually Rick? And is Rick actually Morty? And I'm just <laughs> like, holy <laughs> mother of all, stop. All right. But I'm telling you, I, I think I'm a pretty sensitive caring person but if one more mother effer comes up to me and says pickle rick so help me god i'm murdering them too much mm. ernie let's move on um <laughs> i'm tiny rick <laughs> oh god <laughs> dave how have you been 
welcome aboard this shit show we call what we were talking about. Uh, this is episode 169. Go ahead and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. All right. 31 episodes after today. 30 episodes away from 200. 200 episodes. Nice. Not including, not including just straight up geek outs before they became just regular episodes. Uh, so there's like 80 of those beforehand. So we're well over 200 episodes. I need to go back and figure out what my first episode was. I don't know that. You don't remember your first time? Is that what you're saying? I know I know what we were talking about because it was the True Blood finale. It was a nice episode. summer's day around 12 o'clock. Was it, dis- was it disappointing for you? It was. I don't think she gets oh. it. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Dave, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Why does it keep coming back to me? Why do you have to keep coming back to me? You're my host. You're well, my to be fair, you did cut off the Rick and Morty conversation. Yeah. I'm two glasses of wine in, and I've been talking about It Comes at Night for like the last 40 minutes. So I Whoa, told- wait a minute. We're on 169. We were talking about <laughs> It Comes at Night, and Jenny can't remember her first time. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Wow, that might have been the worst one yet, dude. You're losing it. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Jergens. Uh, oh. Jenny, to answer your question. Moving on. Moving on. To answer your question, I believe your first episode was uh, episode 23. Wowzers. I'm old. Back when there was a character named Kyle on this show. There was a character named Kyle. We've had a lot of good characters over the years. We need a reunion. Mm, no, we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's bring back our Canadian stuff. That was, we never did. No, we never was, did do that all Canadian episode. <laughs> there was never a Canadian <laughs> on the show. That was all post recording. I know. I was so yeah. sad. Uh, the Canadians. Someday. The Canadians will have their own podcast. Um. Uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. I have loved every minute of it, though. There has been some epic conversations, beautiful duels, and just awesomeness. August 31st, have- 2014. That was your first episode. Jeez Louise, it feels like yesterday. Oh, Crazy. and here you go. As we're recording it live, I was denied uh, verification on Twitter today. What? what? Not eligible. Hope. Not eligible to be verified on Twitter. That's okay. I have two IMDb credits now, and I can't get verified by IMDb. <laughs> I don't really just care. Me. I just thought it would be fun to try to get verified, so I'm not really depressed. But the whole verification on Twitter thing is pretty dumb to me. Anyways, it's like if That's you're not a celebrity, who cares? <laughs> who does care? I care. But I see I see some random ones all the time, and I'm like, why do I care that you have a check mark next to you? I don't even know who you are. <laughs> word so, okay let's talk let's chat i i kind of know what the subject is so i really want to get into this because i have awesome things i want to yap at you guys about mm. so excited all right i'm trying Come on, Dave. trying to be a little more loose and free but you're taking it too structured now and i had to quit i'm done with this episode we're done i'm out goodbye but, see ya. Yep, dave come on all right then mm-hmm. 
Uh, this week on the episode, we are talking about technology and its impact on the world and how right science fiction writers have gotten it up to this point. If you look back in time to writers like Isaac Asimov and they talked about uh, artificial intelligence and things of that nature, um, even Star Trek and holding little tablets in which the, all of their data was stored upon, push a button and they could read a book, uh, were there. We have iPads, we have Kindles. Uh, we're just not flying around in space looking for uh, other civilizes, civilizations. And or are we? No. Oh, we're not. <laughs> uh, if just shut you down. If you're, no, one, if no, you're one of those people, we didn't even make it to the moon. We just faked that, too. So, <gasps> Untruth. If you're one of those people. That is an untruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're just going to talk about that and what uh, technology has done. Is it are we better or worse off? Is this truly the best time to live? And you know, any you know, every day someone could say it's the best time to be alive because uh, it is technically with all the advancements that you have. Um, unless the world has exploded, it's probably a good day to be alive, as far as technology goes um, and the advancements of that. So um, I guess. I don't really have a starting point. We just talk. So go. I have a, oh. I have a starting. I have a starting point though, because there's different ways to go about this. There's the Black Mirror way, and then there's like the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind way. There's there's pros and cons to every story. So you can take this as a positive. Technology has helped everything, and there's a learning curve to it. Or you can take it into the horrific way of like. Oh shit! I hope that never happens. Way, so do you guys have a preference? Do you do you like the more apocalyptic type sci-fi that technology takes over, um, or do you like the kind of technology where it can be used for good or bad, depending on how you look at it? Hmm. I like uh, I like the little more gray area. I think I think approaching technology. Um, I mean, I mean, I like them both, right? I, I, I like stories where technology is the enemy, and I like stories where technology is our friend. Um, I think a good example of that, if you haven't seen it, is uh, is uh, Alien Covenant, where uh, you get um, David, who is uh, like a like the bad AI, and Walter, who is like the good AI. Um, you know, the, the, like, like Jenny said, there's pros and cons to both. I think, I think one problem, if you, um, accentuate what the, what the negativity of technological advancements brings is that you get the crazies and the nut jobs swearing up and down that the world is going to be nuked by Skynet for real, not joking, but these, you know, people who actually believe that kind of stuff. Dude, it could happen. Ugh. Are those it the same totally people that believe that the world is still flat? Yeah, 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 like those kinds of idiots. See, I'm not, I'm not worried about like technology doing it. I'm just worried about people using technology to do it. So I don't know if that actually yeah. falls into the sci-fi. That's more realistic, but I, I that get... that I agree with. I the the whole the concept of a Skynet type thing of an AI that decides to eradicate Earth, an Ultron, or a or a Skynet or something is so is so sci-fi and so unrealistic, um, and well, not that 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 and, and I'm not dismissing it, saying it could never, never, never happen because you never know. I mean, there also might be a god, so 
who knows what could happen. But it's so it's 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 such a stretch and so far fetched to me. Well, so there's we just did uh, our book club last month. Um, is I always say it wrong. Scythe, which is basically about when hum- humanity gets to the point where they don't die anymore. When you die, they can regenerate you and you're fine and you're the same person. Everything goes good. But they had to create this because there's no more government or anything because everything's ran by this computer system. And the computer system controls everything. So if you're a criminal, you they can they can give you like nanites that will calm you down or drug you so you don't do criminal acts. Or if you get hurt, those same nanites will give you like opiates to to ease the pain but the only thing that the system can't control is who lives and who's who dies so it's in that aspect in that book it was actually a really positive thing because it organizes society in a way but it still doesn't actually see how society works but then you take you take movies like wally wally i think is the greatest science fiction movie out there because it is so heartfelt and wonderful, it shows how you can use technology to get so far away from being human, basically, you know, just big blubs and remote controlled chairs and such. But you can have a robot that has so much humanity in them, like Wally, that humans learn off of it. So there's there's always like there's always good AI and good things but then there's also the terminator you know or total recall (laughs) would be another one it's like it's like i don't know if i'd want to live in the world of total recall i'm just saying so i don't know it depends on it depends on the outlook which kind of makes the subject really cool because you never know which direction it will go so with that being said do you like the more positive ones or do you like the more um, evil ones or the in-between ones, Dave or John, uh, Justin, either one of you? Um, I don't know. Like, for me, it feels very... I- I've always been more of a fan of more, like, here, here's technology and it can go, like, not very much Terminator stuff, but, like, here's technology, it can go either way. Um depending on how it's used. Um, trying to, for some reason, all I think I can think about is uh, or world. Oh, I think you're breaking up a lot, Justin. I, yeah, something's up here. Are you thinking Orson Welles? Orson Welles, yeah. Oh, War of the Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Which still, in the history of all entertainment was the most genius, amazing release of a creative juncture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that hands down, like, there should, there, in this modern age, like, a kid born in, like, the 2000s, it is hard to explain to them. I mean, even in my generation, which is 70s, 80s, you know, it's it's hard to explain to them the impact War of the Worlds had at the time, you know, because people freaked the F out. They were just like, what the... You know, it's awesome. But yeah, so keep keep going, Justin. Orson Welles. Yeah, I'm just, I don't, I just, I don't know. Like, I never really think of technology in that kind of aspect because I just assume, like, 
we're we're going down a route where we're like very much kind of like Black Mirror style. More than likely, we'll have like the, the little eye, um, little um, like maybe the physicality of that fitter people on bikes, while the fatter people kind of just have fun. I feel I, I feel like it's really hard because I never. No, we're losing you, Justin. Yeah, damn it. You keep fading. Damn it. You hear me now? We can hear you. Just get closer to the mic, I think. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Woohoo! I think it's because, <laughs> I'm, it's because I'm filling with my headphone bit because I'm trying to think of what, what, how to really kind of... This isn't an area I'm super familiar with in terms of like... Um, <clears throat> different aspects because most of the time I watch mostly sci-fi and how technology turns on us. Right. And right. That's kind of how I kind of perceive it. Like at one point down the road, the singularity or what have you is what's going to drive us mad and basically overthrow us, drive us crazy. Right. Right. Well, that's the that's the weirdest part about it, though. I, I don't know where you stand, Dave, on this, but it's there's been so many great horror movies that are based off sci-fi. And that, I guess, would be the next question is what takes it as technology sci-fi? Because I was thinking about this when when Dave texted me the subject. I was like, what is the thing that scares me the most in a horror movie that relates to technology? And it had nothing to do with computers or anything. It had to do with the remake, or it's not a remake, but the uh, I Am Legend movie with Will Smith. Yeah. They twisted the, I mean, the book is totally different than the movie, yet it's exactly the same. I highly recommend you read the book, though, especially you, Justin, now living in L.A., because it will creep you out because everything takes place in, like, Santa Monica. It's awesome. But in the movie... You want me to just walk around Santa Monica, like, always freaked out? Whenever I drive by the library, I get a little freaked out. It's really weird. Um, but it's great. It's really good because you, you'll understand... Because L.A. is so spread out, it takes you a while to get everywhere because everything has distance to it in L.A., unlike any other city. Like, in New York, you can walk three blocks and find you a grocery store. In L.A., you have to drive three miles. It's like... It's that kind of mentality. But in the movie, they tweaked it and put it into New York. But the opening credits of that movie freaked me out so bad because the whole premise of what starts this plague throughout throughout society where people basically become zombies was they found a cure for cancer. They went through all this scientific research. They figured out how to adjust the cells and they found the cure for cancer. And everybody's like, hallelujah. And then it backfires because after a few years of being in the system, it mutates into something completely different. And that scares me because I'm, I'm on biological um, infusions every month because I'm a messed up body. But the idea of it, like modern medical stuff is so advanced and it's so phenomenal how just in the last 10 years, how far we've advanced in medical development is something going to come back and bite us in the ass, you know? And that movie scared me to death. And I'm like, 
does that constitute as techno 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 technological? And I think it kind of kind of does because of the technology that has developed over the time. You can get crazy plagues like Twenty Eight Days Later and I Am Legend. So it takes it to a whole nother realm. So I'm kind of curious of your aspect. Would you count that as a science fiction slash technology, or is it just straight science fiction? I scared all of you, didn't I? No, I'm trying to remember who you are. You asking me, or are you? Asking I'm asking me? anybody who wants to jump in. I mean, in a way, I mean, I I would count it because, in a way, in a way, it does kind of link to technology, and. So, I, I mean, I would allow it, like, some sort of, like, cybernetic. I mean, it, it could go either way through chemical or cybernetic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it's so creepy. I think uh, I, I, I think if you're talking about, like, does it fall into the category of, of something being technological, I, I think the question then is, it, you know, was it, uh, like, a, a strand of something that mutated on its own or was there interference on on somebody's part um and then and then and and, and then even when you when you kind of ask that question i think i think uh it's so broad you know what technology could be considered it's so broad that it is all it, it while it's a it feels like a subsection of technology like yeah, yeah i mean adva- you know the, the whole rage thing right from from 20 28 days later um it was developed from technology, but it's not precisely technology. It, it's it's it, it's um, biological technology. You know, it was created. That was manufactured. That disease was manufactured. It was created. So that I think falls into the category of, you know, whatever. Why- the common cold does not, but a right. common cold strain that is messed with and tampered and released to the public that mutates or whatever that i would say is that's a i was just having this conversation that's what makes conversations like this so awesome so definitely tap in when you like listen to this podcast let us know your thoughts but that's what's great about these is that you can do this in any genre i was just having a whole conversation about horror movies and a lot of people think saw is like a great horror movie but then other people are like the birds is a great horror movie and they're so different and then you take movies like the strangers which are more psychological or the shining um versus turistas you know they're so you can't compare them as being a similar movie but you can put them under an umbrella but it depends on how big you want your umbrella to be or how many umbrellas you want to enclosure you know enclosure your coverage, I guess, would be. So this is kind of a cool subject because it it goes into that because you take movies like The Matrix, which then is like totally different than something like I Am Legend. But you can still kind of link them together, you know? Speaking of which, The Matrix, yay or nay? Uh, Yay or nay is in... Yay or nay in this? Did you like them? Do you think it's plausible? And just uh, yay or nay? Where do you stand on the Matrix? I like the first one. I have an appreciation for the second, and I think the third is 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 poor. It's a very poor film, um, and uh, and I don't think it's realistic. You don't I mean, think we can all be hacked? 
No. No, I mean, I it, again, we're talking about technology that exists today or could exist in the near future, right? The, the answer the, to me, my answer is no. But are we talking 500, 600 years down the road? Maybe. A thousand years so. down see, the road? See, that's probably. where, like, we don't disagree too often, but that's where I disagree with you. Because we have advanced so much in just the last 17 years, since 2000 to now. I mean, in 2000, I didn't even have a cell phone. I know cell phones exist. I think I got my first cell phone in 2001. You know, and now I do my entire life on my iPhone. I, I have my emails. My clients contact me. I do conference calls. I do I do everything on my phone. I interact with you guys. I post my photos. If you asked me that when I moved to California and I was still using my Thomas guide that there would be Google Maps, I would be like, whoa, maybe in 20, 30 years. No, it happened within 10 years of that time. So I think we're moving so fast now that in five years is going to be drastically different than in 10 years and in 15 years. I think we're moving at such an, a crazy rate that you never know. Like, I, they, I think they, what you're talking about with, is like, hardware, but, but see, though, here's where, here's where it gets interesting. I myself know multiple people that health-wise are attached to computers. I have an insulin pump. It feeds me my insulin throughout the day at a given stuff. It is Bluetoothed. It goes to my meter that checks my sugar. I have a friend that has a pacemaker. That pacemaker is embedded in his chest and it controls every beat that his heart does. Well, but that's um, still hardware. It's still hardware, but that hardware is being continually linked to software. The new insulin pump that just came out came out where it is what's called a artificial pancreas, where it reads your sugar levels from under your skin. It feeds that data to the pump. The pump then calculates, do you need insulin or do you need sugar? And it allocates what you need and feeds it to you. Well, I, I get what you're it, saying, so but again, all you that's, have to do is, that's still all you hardware. Have to do is but it's hardware with software attached, and that well, software but, but links our, to your computer. I the upload everything is, to my computer. But wait, the matrix is the brain. It's not. It's not exactly. a regular organ. It's but not the wait, heart. Wait. Slow down for a minute. Follow me Slow. through this progress. Follow me through this this trip that I am taking you on. So that is today. Today we have those. We have. You know, they just did the whole thing on Ray Donovan where the guy has Parkinson and they put an implant in his brain to help stop the tremors. These things exist and they're phenomenal and they're amazing. But let's take it five years down the line where you can add something to your system that helps regulate your emotional status. Because there's a lot of people on a lot of psychiatric drugs because of depression, things like that. So you've got a drug now that can alter, you know, or a hardware that has software attached that can alter it. Because a lot of these devices now are going off of web-based applications where you can control things. Then there are pumps out there now for insulin that you can do off of your iPhone. It's still software. So let's say we take what we have now, progress it to five years where it is doing emotional categorizing and things like that. Take that five years from there, it's plausible depending on what we do to help an existing problem and if that problem gets hacked. So I'm I'm totally on board that I am not discounting that the matrix can't happen. 
So there. I know I'm being laughed at right now, but I'm standing my ground and I'm staying on my soapbox. I like them apples. Sorry, I was reading a thing about Linda Hamilton returning to Terminator 6. Uh, <laughs> that was the best comeback ever. <laughs> um, I mean... Asshole. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean... Back back when the Matrix first came out, I was like, "All right." I mean, it's I mean the it's still I mean we're closer, I guess, with the Matrix happening. I mean, there VR's kind of in that same kind of line. VR's a great a great example. Yeah. So who's to say we don't take it a little bit further and kind of do its make its own Matrix? That's that's what I'm saying is like it's we we have technology right now that can be tweaked to make some of this shit up. It's I don't think we're going to have Hal from 2000, you know, one Space Odyssey quite yet. But if you if you want to really stretch it, we have Siri. Siri is no Hal. (laughs) Siri can't understand a word I'm saying, but. You still have you still have it, you know. Siri isn't self-aware though. No, but Alexa is getting closer. That's intuitive AI. So you get Google, intuitive Google's, AI. Google's Where does browser. That go? What's the next step? Google's browser and Google's ad has been intuitive for years. Oh, I know, and it drives me crazy because I can be having this conversation and anything we mention is going to end up as an ad on my Facebook page. It it also can be (laughs) construed as illegal and invasion of privacy. Not if you click the I agree button when you sign up. Nobody clicks I agree when they search Google. I feel like this was an episode of South Park. (laughs) Here's a a good question, though. Leading into this, though, and Dave, you and I have had multiple conversations about this. I think the greatest technological sci-fi that's been done in years is that recent Black Mirror with the phones where you have to like everything and you get props for liking it and then it affects your credit. And what if you piss somebody off? You know, it is the world of Twitter. It's everything. So what if we take Twitter and Facebook and all those great endorphins we get in our brain when somebody likes something we post on social media and we take it to the next level where it controls your job and your credit. You guys have all seen that Black Mirror episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was so close to the truth that I was just like, damn, I kind of want to be the truck driver. Screw all my social media accounts. I mean, to an I, I guess to an extent, I see what you're like, maybe, like maybe socially, like among your friends. But the whole the whole your, you, you know, what your like rating is does not affect your job in any way. It totally does. The chick from ESPN almost got fired a couple weeks ago because no, no, she no, voiced what, her opinion on Twitter. So no, but no, that's, no, 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 no. They're two different things. They're two different. Her voicing an opinion that is offensive or whatever, like her her divulging that information and using a platform to do it is one thing, but she didn't get or lose her job based on the number of followers that she had or likes that she had on her comments. How is that? How she is lo- that? 
how is she, that different though from the backlash of people not liking what she said that then goes to her boss and then gets her fired? I can go on Twitter and I can say the the Cubs suck and not lose my job as an NFL or NBA or ESPN sports broadcaster or analyst. But I can go I same time go on Twitter and say uh, white people are slow, black people are the better athletes. Um, and that would then start this big racial epithet on my Twitter, which could cause for me to get fired based off of that statement. That's a different thing than me getting promoted or uh, getting hired or fired because I have a thousand likes on my Cubs suck tweet or uh, an offensive tweet about racial stereotypes in in you know athletics. That's two different yeah, things. But it is one of those things that when you post something on social media – if it looks bad on the company, you go down a notch. Well, yeah, but you that's always fired. been the case. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's that's not that that's been before Twitter. If if, that's if be- you poorly represent the company you work for, right. or if you if you if you hurt their name in some way, you know, I mean, it did back in newspaper days. If you were to write something like that in a newspaper, you'd probably lose your job. Technology didn't change the fact that she said that. And technology didn't influence whether or not she lost the job. She used the social media platform to well, technolo- express an opinion. Technology has a way of swaying human uh, human interaction. If if the outcry was enough through to social media, that's different. But um, yeah, Twitter wouldn't get her fired. Or the, the amount of likes wouldn't get her fired. But if enough people were upset by it, that could have gotten her fired. It was the human which element is, that got her fired. Which is what's fascinating about that Black Mirror episode because it's similar. It's like I didn't tip my barista well enough so he doesn't like me but other people like him so now they don't like me but because I didn't like him enough. You know, it's, less, like, it's all contagious. That's it's, less it's of like social media. online virus. But that's less of social media, less of Twitter, more of Yelp. True. But, but still been, all one and the same though. But there's but been there's instances been, where like um there was this thing I saw on Twitter of a, a woman, I guess, didn't tip like her waitress. And so she like posted like her handwriting on on social media and like someone else was like, we found her and they posted like another thing with the same like initials or something. I know it's kind of a far fetch, but it is but the woman could easily get fired or like the woman got reprimanded or something just based on that, which I mean, is not necessarily the right way to go about it, but it does happen. It, yeah, totally. That, that's what makes these stories awesome though, is that you take, you know, something like, you know, let's go back to the matrix and such. It, it's super far fetched. But it's so plausible. We just hope that humanity never goes that direction. You know, it's like we can get there, I think, with the science. I just uh, we'll hope we never, don't get there we will, with like the moral. We'll never get there with the Matrix. It would have had to have happened already. We're not going to get to the Matrix. It's just not possible. <laughs> Guess I'll well, never know Kung Fu. Never. Well, no, I, I, I don't know about it'll. If it would have happened, it would have happened already. We haven't created the the technology to do so. So well, how we've could started it have to though, because like the VRs are getting better and better every day. I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying that I think it's going to happen. I, I I don't. I mean, who knows? I, if I again was to was to 
voice an opinion on it, I'd say we're hundreds, if not thousands of years away from that level of technology. Now, if if we're talking like the basis form of it, which is entering a VR like state by connecting your brain to something, not just a visual thing, but a VR thing where I think we're much closer to something like that. But I, when we were talking about the Matrix, I was assuming the level of the Matrix where everybody's hijacked into the kind of like surrogates a little bit, maybe where everybody's hijacked into this system and they live their lives in this in this utopian, you know, VR like world, something that's like that. A, I think that's we're way far away. I mean, it's not going to happen in any of our lifetimes or our kids lifetimes or our grandkids or whatever. That's not going to happen. But see, that's where I disagree it, with you, though, like. I think it may happen in our lifetime, but with our grandchildren. Like I, I don't. I think we are, we are progressing so fast with technology that what used to take generations to do is taking a fraction of that now. Like it's it's kind of the the two plus two is four, four plus four is you know, it's it's that kind of mentality I think with technology. But uh, on a side note, on a side note, like with everything sci-fi wise. I have become obsessed with Westworld. Would you guys go to a Westworld environment? Would you Would you go to the park? No. I, if I did, it would it would be more than likely just to view. Like I wouldn't indulge in whatever was going on. It would be more like a more passive, like oh, so this is what this is all about. So you wouldn't be a gunslinger or you wouldn't take a prostitute or you would just sit at the bar and drink with a bartender? I probably would just drink. <laughs> yeah. What I, about you, Dave? Kind, like kind I, of I'm, the same answer for me. There's nothing there for me. You know, I'm not I don't need to shoot anyone. And I don't need to bang any robots. So there's what about just you, Dave? nothing there. Nope. I would totally engulf the entire atmosphere. I would do it Patrick all. Patrick right now. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, you're going to get a text from Justin telling you I would do anything at the Westworld Park. So, yeah, I would because it's fake until you realize that it might not be fake when the AIs actually have consciousness. Well, yeah, if you take that into consideration, then then it's an absolute then there's no way. And then that's when I start boycotting. Exactly. That's when you're like, this is this is not right. And that's the weirdest part, though, when it comes to um, it's kind of like when you look at nature, like you can assume what you think your dog's thinking at the time. But, you know, we always laugh when we take our dogs for a walk. There's this one dog that goes berserk on the other side of the fence. He's just like, and we were laughing because one time Patrick looks at me and he goes, you know what he's saying? He's like, hey, guys, look, look, I'm over here. Look at me. But we're thinking he's just like going to attack and kill us at any moment. You you don't know what another person's thinking. You can assume that you even know what you, your partner or your family members are thinking, but you never actually know what's going on in their mind. To have something that you programmed to think a specific way and to react a certain way starts not doing that, all things are up in the air at that point. So it's it's a cool concept. Very, very cool. So what's what okay, let's now that we got way deep in that, what's your guys' favorite sci-fi technology 
TV show or movie? Uh, hmm. The Futurama. <laughs> Why is that? I love Futurama. I don't know. It's just it's so it's like ridiculous enough that like it's just I don't know. Just some of the stuff they come up with is just so out there that I'm like, yes, I wish I had like a a telescope that I could only use by smelling. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody needs a smelling uh, telescope. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, for me, we're there already. You know, I can't really think of advancements that are such a big deal. You know, like the she's asking, I mean, you what's know, your favorite sci-fi movie or technology-based movie? Right. Well, that's show. what I'm saying. I can't think of anything that's like that's better than what we have now that doesn't come with risks and precautions. You know that. The, the, but, you know, like if if I name a movie where it's they implant a chip and you stay young forever, whatever. Well, there are problems with that. So why would I? I wouldn't want that. Like the where we're at, technologically speaking, for me, like is enough. And, and are you as, are you afraid of anything technologically speaking that we have right now? Afraid of anything? Um, mm, no, I. I no, I mean, uh, th- there's there's a level of responsibility that comes with certain things um, like, you know, the future of VR is pretty vast and what that could turn into. But there are some fears involved, like what kind of people are going to be attracted to, you know, l- spending their time in a VR in a simulated environment. And uh, you know, I, I don't and I can't I can't really think of anything that's like so bad that I that I'm scared uh, but there are some very invasive things that I feel are on the horizon that I guess make me a little bit nervous, like the idea of actually having, you know, those those kind of chips that they implant behind your ear so that you have that Bluetooth with you all the time. And you can just, you know, tap the back of your ear and answer your phone calls like stuff like that is, is stuff scary. like that one Black Mirror episode where they have the implants in the eyes that you can re- video record anything that happens in your. Yeah. Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So something like that. (laughs) Something like that is, you know, I I feel like that could definitely be on the horizon within the next, you know, who knows how many years, fifty, hundred years, whatever. Something to to that level. I mean, not not where you're replacing your eyes, but like contact. They already have contacts that record things. So so contacts, you know, that that record your everyday life, and you can just play it and replay it and rewatch it and that kind of stuff. Like that's. That's scary. Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess that that specific Black Mirror technology scares me. The, about, the ability to record stuff. Yeah, because it can. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Do you want your mistakes replayed as a playback of look how much of an ass you are? You made a mistake. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, I made a mistake already. I know. <laughs> what about what about you, Dave? What's your uh, favorite technological? movie tv show of recent years or past years it's black mirror do you have a favorite episode not off the top of my head they're all too good to really pick one <laughs> there there are some great ones on that one I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb to say that my favorite of recent years has to be pacific rim because <clears throat> if 
a hole in the ocean. And I believe that there's a lot more in the ocean than there are, you know, than we know about. I know we always look for space, but we don't even know what's in the deepest part of the ocean. If a hole ever opens up and monsters start coming out, I hope we have the technology to have giant robots get their ass. Like, I love it. There's actually a Japanese company right now that's actually trying to make one of them. They haven't done much. It's only 13 feet, but it can still link to the brain for movement, which is pretty freaking amazing. Terrifying, but amazing. So I would say mine would be Pacific Rim. So there. All right. You guys have anything else you want to you want to throw in here of must-sees or all that jazz? Well, I want to move there's away. There's a lot of good wanna, stuff coming out. I, I want to move away from that aspect and talk about reality and not really the TV or movie side of things. Um, my original idea for this episode was just the influence that sci-fi has with current technology. When you look back and you think of guys like Isaac Asimov and writers and stuff like that, they were writing science fiction. They weren't necessarily writing to be accurate, but it ended up being accurate. Um, as far as the technology that we can have these days, uh, the fears of, you know, AI uh, becoming self-aware and things like that, obviously uh, it's a very real thing. Um, especially with self-driving cars and, and just the amount of artificial intelligence and intuitive intelligence that's becoming more and more readily available in your pocket. Um, it's like debit cards. It's definitely a real thing. And, (laughs) With uh, people being implanted with RFID chips now, um, you know, things like Minority Report are an actual possibility where every traffic light you go through scans your eye, gets your ID and can write you a ticket for speeding Um, or an advertisement on a bus ad digitally changed to whatever your most recent purchase was. And it tries to sell you something similar. Uh, those are Google ads, but that would be like a holographic image on a bus ad. Um, things like that. But even the smallest bit of technology, like having a smartphone in your pocket, basically having a computer from 1983 in your pocket, um, and being able to communicate with anybody at any time, anywhere, about anything, um, that I find more frightening than any artificial intelligence in the world because of the impact three words from an anonymous person could have on any person's life is huge. Um, any three words, any person to somebody they don't even know uh, can change someone's whole world. And that is readily available to you in about a billion different apps on any iPhone, Android phone, Windows phone. Uh, I don't, I don't care. While the technology is fantastic, you can have a billion songs in your pocket, and that's amazing. That's something that should be celebrated almost every single day. Uh, The fact that you can have a catalog of books, music, movies, TV shows in your pocket is pretty spectacular um, when you come down and think of it. But having all of these things, having an iPad, having an uh, iPhone, uh, an Android phone, a tablet, a laptop, these things, are they actually making the world better or are they making society stupider? I use I use that word on purpose. Grammar is the worst it's probably ever been. Um, people's memories. When you would sit down and talk about something with somebody, you had to actually think and try to remember. Whereas now, how quickly do you reach for your phone and go to Wikipedia or Google? 
Are you, are well, we are we I mean, not no. exercising certain parts of our brains that we used to? We did have a conversation at work the other day, like how many ounces, how many grams are in an ounce, and and most of us had to go and grab our phones to look up something that simple. Sure. When you think about it, they used to tell you you'll use algebra every day in your life. We have calculators in our pockets now. Still, even though with the calculator, you still have to know the basics of algebra. I'm just going to throw that out there. But how many kids these days rely heavily on that calculator on their pocket more so than trying to figure out? Uh, oh, dude, I see it every. I, I see it every day. These days, me, like I seriously have to sit there if I'm like four times six. I have to like. It's not I have even to that. Think about it. But when I was a kid, it would just come to my head automatically because it's not a muscle I use much it's, anymore. It's not even that. I see it every day when people try to tip me for pizza. They can't do four dollars. The, the amount was 21-something, and they wanted to add a $4 tip. They couldn't figure out what the total would be. <laughs> I mean, it was four yeah, I, even number. I, and, I, and then I think the question is, how much of it is a cultural thing? Because, the, the, statistically speaking, Americans aren't the brightest the brightest bulb of the bunch anymore. You know what I mean? Like, we're just, well, I mean, we were all, we were kind of there, but we're just not. We're just not when you compare us to other countries out there. Well, I'm not even so, going that. I'm not even going that far. It's tech. I'm just talking the impact that technology has on everyone. Um, just, just general and everyone. Because again, well, then, I, I, I think it's relevant because I think the question then is, is to, did technology really affect it, or were we already that stupid? I think technology <laughs> plays. I think technology I think plays a not, huge part of it. I, I, I agree with Dave because, um. I see this a lot at work myself where um, like I, like growing me growing up like yeah I learned a lot of like it's one of those things where you go to like school and stuff and you're taught all this simple like math maybe some ridiculous math uh, all this stuff and you, most of it you retain but I see on a daily just people at work like people who don't work there just people like constantly it, it, and especially out here more so I feel where it's not really it's like they spend more time on their phones looking up the most simple uh, the most simple things like uh, like what like I'm trying to think of one that came up the other day that I was like are you kidding me right now well there's but, but what information did they already have that you didn't know like i get i guess that, that that's i still think it's a relevant question were we already that stupid is there just so much information now that we have access to that we can't retain all the that, information we look where, up? when i go where, on my phone and i look up who the president was and yada yada do i retain that information moving forward and then if that question ever arises i can say oh it was such and such and such and such and he did this blah blah blah, blah because i've had the ability to look it up before that that's a really good point though because we have so much information literally at our fingertips now whereas before we'd have to go to the library pull out the encyclopedia hope the encyclopedia was an up-to-date version you know we have so many people doing their own individual um studies and things on on a spectrum that is so large that you can't you know anywhere from cheetahs to butt plugs who knows like it's it's the stupidest like thing but we have 
information at our fingertips. And it's really weird because there are times when I draw a complete blank and I'm like, oh, shit, who is Clinton's vice president? You know, and I know I know it, but then I can tell you something really weird about a lion, you know, and it's because I saw a video, you know, I I think you're on the right track, Johnny, is that like we have we have so much that. Do we retain all of it? And if we do retain all of it, can we access it? Because weird things pop in my brain all the time that have no reason to pop in my mind. And I'm like, how do I even know that? And I give I give Patrick the hardest time all the time. He is a wealth of useless knowledge. He can pull out an actor from a 1961 TV show, but couldn't tell you something easy and, you know, relevant of today. And everyone's it, different, too. This, 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 this thing that... that- this person had to look up that Justin in his head was saying, oh, my God, are you kidding me? You have to look that up. How many times were you in a situation, though, Justin, where you look something up and the other person thought, oh, my God, this is common knowledge. How can you not know that? Well, it's because everyone's mindsets are different and the, and the information that people retain is different. And, and what is basic and normal that everyone should know changes person to person. Well, and and it also just goes into the fact of I think every generation is exposed to history a little bit different than us. Absolutely. Um, like, I know somebody that didn't know who Mel- Nelson Mandela was. And I'm just like, say what? But then they were a lot younger than me. So they don't remember the whole trials and tribulations of being Nelson Mandela, you know? So they're, but we're exposed to more of that now. We're exposed to people from different areas and different age groups. And whereas before, I think before technology and before social media and stuff got so much, you were kind of in around your own circle. And it's not excusing not knowing this. I mean, these are pretty important things to know, but it's, it's interesting to, to think about, you know, it's and to, to kind of bring it back to the technology aspect of it and people always being on their phone and whether or not that's rotting brain. So the question is, what are they doing on their phones? Are they killing time playing a game or are they on a on an online forum having a discussion about something, engaging and interacting with other people, albeit through the computer or the phone or whatever? Which, again, <laughs> there's, could be probably there's a pretty rare place. Probably pretty rare placed on technology. <laughs> There is a judgment placed on technology on people who like have to look at their phone to to get information or something. I, like, you know, the, the the chances that they're going and and engaging in a debate on a on their cell phone uh, is is pretty slim. When it's, uh, you know, I see it every day uh, at work. These people, these these people. I'm not saying any age group because it's all age groups that I work with. Uh, can't go. 20 minutes without being on their phone and it's not to engage in, you know, some kind of an intellectual thing. It's to check Snapchat or go to Instagram or go to Twitter and it's live, const- it's live constant. periscoping every single place you're at. <laughs> right, right. It's a constant thing. It's not it's not like, you know, OK, I worked for about two hours. Let's see what's going on. What did I miss? That That's different. It's, it's yeah, but every what, 10 but- minutes, every five minutes. What did I miss? But so, I guess that's that's, that's not productive. That's that's not productive. To you, it's not productive because to you your don't employer. exist in that world. <laughs> that's not that's not for you. It's right. It's, it's also not sociable. You're in to a room. You. You're in a room to with you. It's not sociable. You're like, in a room I, with Dave, four I'm people. With you. You're in a room with four dumb. people. 
I and, I'm and, agreeing with you and saying I think it's dumb. That to me it's foreign and it's weird. And I think why don't you just have a conversation with your coworkers instead of hopping on your phone? But well, things change. Society it, changes. Kids change and adapt to new technology and new whatever and yada yada. And it's just an environment in which we're not accustomed to. So it's foreign <laughs> and foreign usually means dumb or weird. No, it's 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 rude. It's just rude. And it's not how you think it's rude, though. Uh, no, it's pro- we were all taught manners, right? Everyone's yes. taught manners. Or maybe not. Maybe not. I do guess you, not, you, do you, do you think okay, we've retained the exact guys, same manners guys. that I are think, that Do, do I, you have the same manners that your grandparents were raised on? Yes. Do you do things the same way your grandparents did in their time? Quite similar. Yeah. OK. Do you think I do? I have no idea. Okay, do you think that your parents do yes. the exact same thing that your grandparents did? Their generation, everybody does the same thing? My parents? My parents specifically, yes. I'm, okay, let, let's talk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, let, stop, let's, stop, let's stop, talk. stop, stop, stop. Well, no, stop. no, 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 wait, I'm not wait, going wait, to. Let me finish. Do you what? think that's generational? Like, do you feel like because that's the way you were raised and these are the ideals you, you grew up on that everyone should follow those same ideals? The ways the ones they were raised on, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, time out, both of you. I agree with both of where you, where both of you are going with this conversation, but here's the part that goes back into the original subject of: Do you prefer sci-fi technological ones that are on the positive side or the negative side? I totally see Dave's part because. I get on like my Facebook page, and by the way, I hate Facebook. I only have it just because I want to see pictures of my friends' kids. But I go on there, and somebody will post something up that they're concerned about. You know, they're they're concerned about what is happening, and people they they're it's easier for them to comment. And then sometimes you open up a dialogue that's so awesome because you realize that not everybody understands where you're coming from. So it's it's great when you actually see people going back and forth and learning from each other. Now, they're not always going to agree. They're not always going to be on the same side. And they're not going to always absolutely understand the shoes that the other person walks in. But you see these conversations and it's good to have because you then realize that maybe there's a problem. Or maybe there's a solution, which is great. But the problem with a lot of the social media that are out there is it's easy to type something, sit back and go, ha I told them because you don't get to see their expressions. You don't have the empathy that is relayed when you have a face to face conversation and kind of what Dave is saying I feel that people have forgotten a lot of the common courtesies that we learned when we were kids. Like, especially here in L.A., I noticed it a lot. Like when I was up on Sunset Boulevard the other day and I'm walking down the street and I'm I'm raised to if somebody crosses your path, smile at them. Hey, hi, how you doing? Nobody made eye contact with me in like a six block walk. I didn't get one person to make eye contact with me, but that same person will have no problem commenting on something I put on Twitter, either pro or con. So it, I I take it as it's a tool, you know, and you can use a hammer to hammer a nail or you can use a hammer to crash a window. You know, it's you, it depends on how you use it and how it goes about it. And that's what makes the sci-fi genre and this whole conversation awesome because 
you can take the stories in any direction and then realistically they can go in any directions. You can have people create the most amazing things or the most disastrous things all in one whack using the same idea. So I don't know. I agree with you both, but I, I see where you're coming at, Johnny, and I, I totally get it that not everybody is going to think the same. And I totally get what, what Dave's saying, too, is that we should, though. We should rely on those morals. Well, and again, again, I agree with you, Dave. I personally think it's rude. I personally think that it's unnecessary to spend that much time on on your phone and yada, yada. But to pass judgment on it is different than personally finding it rude. Well, you can still personally find it rude. You can personally find it spectacular. You know, there was there was a story that my is a story that my father told me growing up, and and uh, and and it's something that I carry with me. It's very important to me. Um, and that's uh, th- there's a story of a guy and he's on a train and he's got three kids and his kids are running around the train just causing causing chaos. They're loud. They're rolling around on the floor. People have to move out of the way. It's very inconvenient. But the father just sits there kind of quietly staring at the floor and not paying them much attention. So one guy goes, this guy's a fucking asshole. Like, what a dick. I'm going to tell him so. I'm going to get up out of my chair and I'm going to tell him. So he gets up and he says, hey. You are an awful father. Like your kids are running around like crazy. Like what a seriously, what a terrible person you are inside for not being a good father and parenting these children because it's such an inconvenience to us. And the guy looks up and he's got tears in his eyes and he says, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm I know I'm not I'm not on top of it right now. I just found out earlier today that my mother passed away and it was I'm just not right in the head, but you're right. I'll I'll work on fixing it." So this assumption is made about this individual that he's a bad parent and that he's not good at this or he's such a dick and yada yada. But because you haven't put your because you don't understand the full story, you've made this judgment or this assumption about this person based on this 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 small encounter, this small experience. And I think that applies to everything. You know, the kids checking on their phone at Snapchat, like, oh, I wonder who liked my thing. Like, but why is it so important to them? Is it because socially that's what's acceptable now? And because the only way you kind of feel involved in your friends' lives is to continue to be on Snapchat, you know, like like hopping on Facebook because it's one of the only ways to be able to stay in touch and communicate with people these days. Like, Jenny, you hate Facebook. I don't like Facebook personally, but it's a great way to be able to stay in touch with people. And so I keep up on it. Going back to the like the original subject here, it's. Those likes, when you see somebody's comment and you see somebody likes, there's a chemical reaction in your brain. So if you if you can find a way to, you know, tap into that that joy or what have you, you have your next sci-fi novel, which is kind of like where the Matrix was going, or some of these other movies were, or books or TV shows, or you know, everything. It's so fascinating how much things go back to, you know, what was in a movie. I mean, my favorite book of all time is Fahrenheit 451, and they have seashell radios in it where they put the shell to their ears and it will tell them anything they want to hear, and it's amazing. It's freaking headphones for our iPods. You know, there's so many things you can relate to that have come to life, which is what Dave was kind of talking about earlier, that... What what do we expect going forward? Because the some of the sci-fi technological like stories 
are scary. And a lot of them range around that 1984 mentality of, are we all being surveillanced? And how is that going to affect us? And can we hide? Um, one of the coolest movies I've seen recently is um, uh, What Happened to Monday? Have you guys seen that one? No, uh, I saw it on Netflix. No. But I Dude, watch it. that movie. It is, it's great. But it's kind of that same mentality of it's a futuristic world where it's not so much, you know, dystopian, but kind of. Everybody is cataloged. And what happens if you need to be off the grid? And it's it's phenomenal to think about because there's there's aspects in it where you can sit there and go, I can see where that can happen. I hope it never happens, but you can kind of you can relate to it because it seems plausible. Mm-hmm. And amen to every sci-fi author and creator out there because I mean that's what keeps these conversations going. All that's right, what we got to wrap up now. Conspiracy theorists, you know. All right, we're gonna wrap up. There's plenty of stuff to talk to that we didn't even get into at this point so we'll revisit this later when uh podcasts are consumed visually through implants in your brain um unless so using your ears because that's probably about a year away um nothing okay uh justin (laughs) thank you so much for joining us tonight even though you were fairly quiet that's okay and you kind of lost you for a little while um Tell I need the fine, a better mic. That's what I need. Sure, there you go. Tell the fine people about your podcast and all of that stuff. Uh, me and my buddy Matt do a podcast to, called Two Broke Geeks. Uh, we talk about nerd stuff and things and comics. And you can catch us on Twitter at 2BGPod as well as Instagram at 2BGPod. Uh, we just had episode... Our last episode, by the time I think this comes up, we talk about five fictional universes and where you and which ones you would want to live in. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Johnny, same thing. Oh, well, I uh, do a podcast with my pal, Randy. It's called Just Two Pals on the Atomic Kingdom Network. And our last episode was uh, just kind of a, a, a bullshit uh, we we were real depressed. We were real sad about about not being able to ever top our our previous episode with the Brett Booth interview. So we just phoned it in. It was awful. It was terrible. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, check it out. We're on Twitter at Just Two Pals, and I'm at Johnny Wellens. And that that's 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 it. That's that's <laughs> it's now it's done. All right, uh, Jenny. I'm just the pain in the ass that shows up every now and again. You're on social media. I am on social media. You can listen to me either completely freak out about how much I love a movie or a book, or you can listen to me bitch and moan about everything else going on in the world. So I am at Robbie Art. Ta-da! And we are at Atomic Geekdom pretty much on everything. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, go to youtube.com slash Tom Geekdom now to see a couple of interviews from Wizard World Chicago. Uh, those have been posted. The interview with Lauren Lester and Nicholas Brendan are both available there now. Um, <clears throat> we will be posting other videos very soon from uh, at least one other convention that I know of, I think. Right, Jenny? 
Right. Okay. Uh, there is another one there, and then uh, we will be attending Wizard World Madison very soon, so that'll be something that'll be on the page also very, very soon. Uh, thank That's going to be awesome, by the way. Thank you to Matthew J. Bates the 14th for producing this episode. Um, and thank you for listening, of course. Uh, if you like what you heard, just please give us a rate and review over on the iTunes. That helps us out quite a bit. Do the same thing for Just Two Pals and Two Broke Geeks whilst you are doing that kind of thing. You will not be disappointed. By your own review. Exactly. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us. Thank you to the robots who make this work. Uh, thank you to Al Gore for the internet. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, don't be a bully. Be nice to each other. And look up from your phone. You might run into something if you don't. Talk to people and make eye contact, for Pete's sake. You don't have to do that. Damn, just, damn kids. Just, just look up. Damn kids. Just, just look up. Watch where you're going. Yeah. All right. We'll see you Give guys. high fives whenever you can, too. Everybody loves a high five. Eh, unless they're germaphobe. Way to bring it down, Dave. Way to bring it down. If you're going to high five everybody, bring Purell. All right. We will, see you. we will see you next week. 